those certifications and those rules push you to think, to think how to do it. Maybe uh, not spend more money, but do it in the right way and, and like spend maybe more time of preparing the project. But uh, you need to combine those sustainable elements with the economical impact. You're listening to The Prime Pod. I'm your host, Robert McLean. The severity of the climate crisis becomes clearer to us with every passing month. This is increasing the pressure on every sector of the economy to look at how to reduce energy demands, use less harmful inputs, and limit waste. At the heart of it all is the duty companies now have to track their carbon use. But what does this mean for the property sector? For the most progressive companies, in other words, the ones who have a long-term future, it means that a building's green certificate is a great start. But these days it's not seen on its own as a huge accomplishment. It's more like the bare minimum. For this debut episode of the Prime Pod, I spoke with Pavel Sovichka, head of Panatani for the Czech Republic and Slovakia. He says there's been a sea change in the way companies approach sustainability and that his clients now associate greater CO2 emissions with lower profitability. The whole world is now like associating my CO2 emissions, at the end of the day, will cost money. Mm-hmm. And this is, a, I would say, reshuffling the thinking about the world, right? If I'm like CO2 intensive, I will have to pay more. So it's maybe better to be less CO2 intensive, not to pay those taxes. So it like uh, it, it brings our thinking to to different I would say levels or different directions, and it's good. And I think it's it's good for the world when you link really the economy with the with, with the green. When you link economy with the green, that's what he said. In other words, when you integrate a green approach into your business model, when you make it an integral part of your product or how you make it. For developers, that means going further than just say providing bike stands for employees. There's nothing wrong with bike stands, of course, but they don't really impact the operations or the profit and loss figures of the company. So what are we talking about here? How about solar panels? People are always asking, and okay, maybe I'm always asking why warehouse developers can't just stick solar panels on their roofs. It sounds green, and surely any renewable energy is good energy. So what's Panatoni's approach? So the question is, do you have photovoltaics on the roof? And we are saying, at the moment, not. A lot of our competitors went for the the photovoltaics on the roof, but those are being supplying the energy either to the grid or they are selling the energy to the customer, right? Mm -hmm. But that's not the way how the tenant can save money because all of uh, our customers now are uh, looking at, we are cooling the building, right? We need to have either for the production cooled space or we have refrigerated uh, warehouses, or we simply, for the people, want to have a cool building. So if we have the building with already installed photovoltaics, which is linked to the to the grid, with, uh, I would say, leased roof, uh, the photovoltaics is from third-party installation, we couldn't get the benefits for the customer. But if we build it from ground up, that it's part of the building, and all the energy is supplied primarily, to the customer, he can benefit from it. Of course, we will have to charge a bit higher rent because we have to invest the photovoltaics, but all the energy which is produced, they can consume for free, right? And this is something which for, for example, old buildings in Czech, the big portfolios of our competitors, which has built it and just leased the building to third party uh, energy producer. Mm -hmm. It's like 
traditional, uh, I would say, relationship between the producer of the energy selling to the uh, to the tenant. So the tenant can't really use the benefit of the photovoltaics on, on the roof. And those roofs are leased, for example, for 10 or 20 years. So these old assets, which are blocked by these installations, will have very damaging impact on the value of the property because the tenant will be looking for the properties where he can really generate the, the energy and consume it directly uh, for free. Because it will be part of the package. Exactly, we will develop. And that's what we are doing, for example, with, uh, with Amazon guys mm -hmm. in Koetin. It's not third-party operated photovoltaics. The photovoltaics will generate four and a half uh, megawatts. They, in the peak, in the summer, they will consume six. Mm -hmm. So they will be consuming everything by themselves. But it will be part of the building. So it will be part of the lease. So it's not like third party that is like, I don't know, Chess or Pre installing the, the photovoltaics and then selling, which is like long-term great benefit. I believe with the growth of the energy prices, and they won't stop with like uh, limiting the production of energy in, in Germany and so on, it will have really huge impact on the, on the prices in the future. And like all the energies will go up. And if you produce it from, from, uh, from the roof and you can consume it, not paying someone else, and you can consume it direct. That's, I think, for, for the tenants awesome. And that will be, I think, new norm for the new building. So you don't lease the, the, the roof to someone to, to, to run the business. So rather than just installing solar panels on its roofs and selling tenants green energy, Panatani is essentially renting panels to their tenants so they can produce their own energy. But tenants aren't just monitoring the energy use in the buildings they rent. They're beginning to look at the construction process itself. The result is that there's now a potential business case for recycling construction materials. For uh, brownfields, we always look how much from, from the site we can recycle. Mm -hmm. We have to discuss that with uh, the Czech environmental offices. Because, of course, uh, the rules in Czech are not really favorable in reusing the, the materials uh, on, the, uh, on the site directly. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, sometimes lengthy discussion what, what we can use. in uh, The material which could be easily used in Germany or UK, again, for construction. In Czech, uh, normally, you would be asked to bring them to, uh, to dump and, and just uh, dump it somewhere, which is like really bad use. So we try to negotiate with the authorities that most of that we can use on site. Mm -hmm. It's not ultimately cheaper for us. It might be equal but you don't really send the trucks up and down and it really uh, you reuse it directly on the side. Typically, it's a concrete bricks and so on. You can really recycle and use it for the, uh, for the groundworks and so on. Our customers, at the end of the construction, they want to also know what is the CO2 uh, footprint of the building they operate. The right? embedded carbon. Exactly, the embodied kind of carbon, which is uh, like done through the construction. So, for example, we monitor how much CO2 we generate by transport of the material, whether we transport it out and back. Then, basically, it's a, a lot of tons of CO2. Yeah. So, we try to do whatever we can, source from... Uh, as close locations as possible. And if we can recycle it on site and keep it there, it's a CO2 uh, less intensive, right? Mm -hmm. So that, that really pushes you to, uh, to do it. And then it's like common sense. Yeah? If it doesn't cost more, why would you bring it out? And of course, then, if you want to measure it against the performance of other uh, assets in the world, you use the certifications, right? Like BREEAM, and that, of course, gives you more points that you really uh, think about these things. Mm -hmm. It doesn't ultimately cost you more but those certifications and those rules push you to think, to think how to do it. Maybe uh, not spend more money, but do it in the right way. Yeah? And, and like spend maybe more time of preparing the project. 
but uh, you need to combine those sustainable elements with the economical impacts. Here's the thing. When all developers had to do was hand over a building that met certain sustainable criteria, for the most part, that's what they did, because there was no value in going further. Developers compete primarily on price, after all. Increasingly, though, developers have to be able to offer more sophisticated sustainability advice to their clients. Sovichka says his tenants are making incredible advances in terms of the equipment they now use and the procedures they deploy. And when it comes to their buildings, they expect the developers who build them to be equally skilled. Sovichka brings up one of Panettone's clients in Pilsen, the Ball Corporation. They, they are unbelievable. Like they are so focused that their production is really green. They recycle and they try to use as much recycled aluminum as they can. They, they have like super efficient uh, uh, lines. But in terms of efficiency of the building, they come to us and they ask us, how can you help us? Explain us what we can do to like get to the same pace as we did with our uh, automation and, and our uh, production lines. Mm -hmm. Do it with the building. And they really rely on us to help them to, to, to make it work. We cooperate uh, closely with uh, Arcadis, which is doing for us the BEAM certification. They are really, I would say, on top of uh, the market for, for certification and sustainable uh, development. And uh, we try to understand what the uh, customer needs. Invite uh, certification, uh, certifiers from, uh, from uh, Arcadis and bring up the best package we believe makes sense economically and, and uh, for the sustainable development for next, let's say, 15 years. So deep environmental and sustainable knowledge is a competitive yes. advantage for it is. It is. We are strongly into built to suits yeah? We do most of the built to suit And those companies really tend to stay in those pro uh, properties for 10 to 20 years. And they really want to see that their supplier of this solution can really guide them how that should be done. I'm intrigued by this insistence that there be an economic logic supporting the green components of a project. I mean, I can hear some environmentalists maybe calling on developers and end users to be as quote unquote green as possible at whatever cost. But how sustainable is that approach? In tough times, wouldn't they just be discarded along with the other loss-making items like marketing budgets? The more sustainability can become a standard part of business models, the deeper it will become entrenched in companies and products. I just hope developers and consultants will be willing to share their experiences and ideas so that everybody doesn't have to go around inventing their own wheel. I'll be sharing a lot more stories like this on the Prime Pod, and I hope you'll tune in. I'd like to thank Pavel Sovichka for speaking so openly with me on this episode. If you've got story ideas or comments to share, please feel free to do so on WhatsApp if you've got my number or you can reach me on email at robert at theprime.cz.